It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Quarter mile to go here and Mach 1 Rules has opened up. Mach 1 Rules has gone four in front. Gold Rush Dancer is second. Cat's Ransom takes third on the inside from viewing the gold, but with a furlong to go, Mach 1 Rules is striding away. Mach 1 Rules, Gold Rush Dancer trying hard in second, but as they come to the wire, Mach 1 Rules, the son of Harper the Gold, he's terrific, and he has won the Captain Condo Stakes. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs, four weekends to go in the 2023 season. Thanks for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. We've got a lot to talk about today. A couple of guests at the top of the show. You heard Mach 1 Rules winning the Washington Cup Juvenile Sprint in 2015. He was undefeated at the meet. That was quite a year for juveniles, guys. Mach 1 Rules was 4 for 4. Barkley was 3 for 3. Gold Rush Dancer won the Gottstein. They all did a bunch of good stuff after that. Mach 1 Rules, Washington Horse of the Year in 2017. The Washington Cups this weekend, it starts anyway, with the Juvenile Stakes. And a couple of those, of course, one for the Colts and Geldings and one for the Phillies. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and Bill Downs on Horse Racing Northwest. We're going to be joined by Grant Forster. And Rocco Bowen, a couple of big names in Emerald Downs history. Grant, of course, the trainer of five-star general, August 13th winner of the 88th Long Acres Mile. And Rocco, a three-time jockey champion here. He's got plenty of live mounts this weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll have Grant on very shortly. Rocco will be in our third segment. Weekend schedule. It's our last Friday night coming up, 7 p.m. tomorrow night. The final horseshoe toss, and promotions manager Gary Doherty has some things in store, guys, for the horseshoe toss. Maybe three different distances, and, you know, if you throw short, you get 250 bucks. And We're trying to give away some money, get a ringer. <laughs> Haven't done it in a few years. Bill Downs has never seen it. No. Vince, we haven't seen too many ringers in the we horseshoe had, We tossed. had some good ones last weekend. Ed Cornier, our, the trainer, he came close. And then all three contestants were, they were, were good. not bad. So, As opposed to the week before when things were barely getting out to the dirt there. Yeah, they kind of, so they seem to kind of feed off each other. If the first one does good, it kind of, second one follows and so forth. But yeah, we came close. Okay, Saturday, 5 p.m. racing. And Sunday at 2 o'clock, we're going to have the Washington Cup. Two stakes races, a 10-race card. And Bill, more, more doggies out on the track, more things to call for you. You have some busy Sundays this year. Yeah, you got that right. I took a nap on Monday afternoon. I was 
That was a long day. With yeah. The quarter horses and 25, uh, whatever, uh, T-Rex races and, and whatnot. But, uh, yep. And one more, uh, doggy, uh, doggy race, uh, sequence, uh, for the season. The wiener dogs started all this stuff and Kenton Allen of KPLZ, they got the wiener dogs going in the 90s and uh, we took it over and expanded it and we just have some great crowds on these theme days there's just no problem with that um, some long days but a lot of new fans out to the track and hopefully we're building some race fans out of that the wiener dog races on sunday also wiener wannabe wannabes as well the wtboa sale was on tuesday and a couple of new studs in this state. Barkley had his first yearling sold and conveyance, who's an established stallion who did pass away, unfortunately, uh, earlier this year. But conveyance had his first yearlings for sale in Washington. And conveyance is going to have a couple more crops. And hopefully Barkley has a whole bunch more. Vince, you, I know you got a few people trying to get you in to go in on a horse. You got any uh, inquiries about Barkley babies? Yeah, I got a few and I've kind of, I'd like to, but I, you know, with the racing club, I'm kind of occupied and it's, um, so we'll see. It's, uh, you know, I might buy in a small percentage on one. We'll see. But there were some bargains there. Boy, I was watching a little bit online. There were some good looking yearlings that uh, could have been had for a pretty good price. The sales topper was a Barclay Colt out of Ms. Moscow Maddie. Uh, that is a brother to Dutton, the 2020 course of the meeting at Emerald Downs and uh, outstanding two-year-old uh, and we actually had him on our training day report last week uh, we got that from the El Dorado Farms preview party so that's the topper at 55,000 number two uh, Bonnie Jenny signed the ticket for a $52,000 yearling um, by Brophy's cause and the first foal from No Talking Back who was Emerald Downs' top older filly or mare a few years ago. So let's see, the uh, um, Barkley went to, um, I'm not seeing that right here. I think it went to an out-of-state individual. I think so. I know. Uh, was it Mark Glad? One uh, he bought? The, one Andy of, Mathis. Andy Mathis. Andy Mathis. got a yeah. few. Mark Glad did get one, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the sale happened. It was down a little bit from last year. So um, we'll try and get that back going. Harbor the Gold had his last yearlings for sale. That's the end of an era for sure, as uh, Harbor the Gold, by far the leading uh, sire in Emerald Downs history and dominating Washington Cup stats as well. The Washington Cup stat starts this week, and we'll have some picks coming up for that. Um and a couple other things going on. Neil Malarkey of our uh, customer service department. Neil does a super job around here. He has, he's in that uh, racing club thing, the national thing. What the heck's it called again? Uh, come on, guys. What? Oh, my racehorse. My racehorse. Yeah. Okay. My racehorse. He's part of that with sixty-three caliber. And who's she running against at Saratoga on Friday? She's running against Secret Oath Nest. And Clarier, 63 caliber. He's in a little tough there. She is a graded stakes winner. She won the grade three comely at Aqueduct last fall. And she's coming off a win as well. So she's going to be a big price 
in that six-horse field at Saratoga. And then uh, Bob Rondo and Tom Lambro, uh, of course, Bob Rondo, so well-known around these parts, and Mike Puich, the trainer of Call Me Fast, who's 9-2 to in the $1 million Charlestown Classic on Friday in West Virginia. That's not bad, guys, 9-2 to for a million bucks. You followed uh, those older horses a bit. Uh, Charlestown Classic has... Um, they have a hometown hero in there. Yeah, that's fourteen for seventeen. Yeah, and of course, uh, I think um, you gotta like our, the turns uh, at at Charleston. There you go. It's kind of like if you go up to Hastings, you better like uh, like the turns because uh, the turns are a plenty in those uh, in those route races. You been to that track, Bill? Charleston? No, I have okay. not. All right. I have All never right, well, been there. Been and there. You've been there, Vince? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Vince is... Well, when my sister used to live outside of Washington, D.C., her and her husband, um, yeah, I took a road trip. Very like good. Like going to Mayberry. Yeah, it was a nice plant there. It was it was a lot of fun. This was probably in about 1990 or so. Charlestown, West Virginia. I've been through there. I didn't go to the track. Giant Games, the favorite in there at 5-2, to two, running for a million bucks. Skippy Longstocking at 3-1. to one. And then Call Me Fast is the third choice at 9-2, to two, blinkers on. He's coming out of a fourth in the Cornhusker that Giant Game and Skippy Longstocking finished in front of him there. Uh, I was looking at the DRF uh, YouTube picks last night, and both uh, Mike Beer and Dan Illman picked Call Me Fast to win that race. So good luck to the local connections. Call Me Fast in the $1 million Charlestown Classic Friday on their big day in West Virginia. Vince, news and notes are up at emeralddowns.com. And once again, if you want to know what's going on at this meeting, go to emeralddowns.com, go over to the right and click on news and notes. And uh, it's all there, man. Uh, That is great work, Vince. Uh, I don't miss it every week myself. We need to know. And uh, what's new this week? Uh, Not too much. We got all of last week's action up there and all the standings for all the divisions this year horses that have won races and the breeders the sire leading sires etc and we always have the weekly honors up and we can talk about those from last week here real quick and then also the quarter horses we had last week um Okay, our jockey, how about this? Bill, you called Wolfen Orantes in his first ever win at Emerald Downs. He got Secret Lifestyle up for a $62 victory. I believe it was that Saturday night's first race. Something like that. All I remember is that the pace was very fast, and yeah. he sat in last and uh, he swept He was the last the man mall. standing. Yep. And uh, Don Roberson, that's a familiar name to a lot yeah. of people here. That's the second long shot winner at the meet. Keep an eye on him. Our Las Margaritas trainer, Hilario Perez, he had a big week. Uh Five starts with two wins and two seconds. Uh, owner, Lusk Racing, Gary Lusk and the family, two for two last week. They're having another big year. WTBO Washington bred, Young Life Flora, bred by Keith and Jan Swaggerty, now trained by Hilario Perez. You know, that's, that she won a nice race. I bet she did. And, and she's now got three wins at the meet, and that was a $24,000 allowance. So um, she's really been a horse on the rise here this year in our Quarter Shoot Cafe Groom of the Week. Ed Carolux's horses are beginning to run mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, got a third in the Washington Oaks with Pepper Mill and Prairie Jabez has had a couple of nice efforts. Tanya Williams is our groom of the week. And then last week we had a couple of the big quarter horse races here in the John Deere Juvenile Challenge. Nowhere to run. A Washington bred by Freakier. You know, it looked like DeBro's Cartel. 
had the, had the measure of nowhere to run, but nowhere to run came back on the inside and got the win at uh, seven to two for uh, jockey Jaime Lopez, trainer Benito Curiel, and then our big one, the uh, John Deere Everell Downs Bank of America Championship, a Polinaria Prize. I have to go back to BH Lisa's boy to find a horse that's quarter horse that's been a kind of as dominant as she has been in her two starts this year. She won by a length going away over fast moving freight. Uh, earning a berth to the $250,000 final at Lone Star Park on October 21st. She might be worth following there. She's uh, pretty talented. She certainly loves Emerald yeah. Downs, four for four. Uh, so nice work by uh, trainer Lorenzo Marquez Campo and jockey Corderelton. Is that Corderelton Ben? With Corderelton the- Ben, yeah, he was proud of her. Uh, he just picked up the mount recently, uh, both those races at Emerald Downs this summer. And he says, oh, I didn't even have to hit her. You know, she's just as that yeah. good right now. Yeah, she broke great and kept, and uh, was kind of never in doubt. And, yep. and then tax code, got a buyer of 82 mm. on Sunday. His was able to run down win, Prayer yeah. of Jabez. Uh, and uh, tax code just gets better and better, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Even when he lost, he had a legitimate excuse and uh, got back on the winning track in that uh, strong uh, – Boy, you know, his, his final eighth was pretty darn impressive the yeah. other day. He really ran down Prairie Jabez there, yeah. who's had a couple of nice runs without a win lately. Um, but yeah, tax code, me and Bill were talking. Hopefully next year we see him in the stakes ranks because I think he's good enough. He's got that distinction, most earnings at the meeting without uh, any stakes money, which Pearl River Delta had last year as we dig into the depths of trivia here. But uh, yeah, tax code has... Uh, been very, very impressive. Three out of his last four. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to three days of racing. This will be our final three-day race week. Friday at 7, Saturday at 5, Sunday at 2 p.m. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to bring on Grant Forster after a short time out. Stay with us here on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. Two and a half furlongs to go in the Long Acres Mile. And it's five-star general who shrugs off a man's man. Il Bellator is on the outside. Third, Armaduro's in fourth. Then it's top executive, Slews Tiz Wiz, is on the grandstand side with a lot of work to do. They run down to the final furlong. And it's five-star general on top by three. Il Bellator's in second. Slews Tiz Wiz down the center of the course. But with a 16th to go, it's five-star general with Joe Bravo aboard taking the Long Acres Mile. August 13th, history at Emerald Downs. Why? Because it was a Long Acres mile. And another great day in the Pacific Northwest. Five-star general, as all of us talked last week and after the race, of quite a dominant victory. Very impressive run. Fast time, speed figures high. He won the race. And for the Altea Stable of Ken Al Haddaf, Trainer Grant Forster, jockey Joe Bravo, and Grant Forster joins us here on Horse Racing Northwest. Grant, you still basking in some mile glory? 
Oh, yeah, it'll last for quite a while. It always does with the with the mile, for sure. Yeah, well, congratulations again. Um, that horse uh, has got quite the, the lineage here at Emerald Downs over the last four seasons now with four straight appearances in the mile, four different trainers on the uh, program, and you got bragging rights on that deal, man. Uh, boy, quite a turnaround for that veteran, and, you know, you talked about it many times, but uh, – Things have really gone good, and uh, tell us about the the calendar year here for Five Star General. Yeah, I mean we we mapped out a plan, and uh, as so seldom works in horse racing, the plan just came to fruition. And uh, you know, to win those kind of races, and uh, whether it's a graded stake anywhere or a, a big race anywhere, it's uh, everything. I've, my experience has always been that everything needs to go right, and uh, in this case, just everything went. Uh, went really really well and, and just as we had planned he shipped out really well and my assistant uh gustavo alvarado uh who who rides him every day uh he was out there to ride him and and make sure that he was feeling and you know he commented to me the first day he wasn't quite there the second day he wasn't he was a little better but he could just feel kind of you know the horse was getting over the travel and by the time mm-hmm. we got to to saturday morning when he trained he felt like he was all the way there and ready to go and uh uh, you know, the next big thing was worrying about Joe Bravo making his flight to get there. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, everything, it was just, uh, everything worked out perfectly and the horse is just in, the horse is feeling good. He's, he's perfectly sound, which is, uh, a key in, in any, uh, in any sport and, and particularly in ours that, uh, he's just kind of firing on all cylinders right now. Very good. Uh, did he win that first start you had with him last fall at Keeneland? He did, yeah. Coming off the, uh, he had a tough beat, as you know, at Emerald uh, when he ran a huge race that day, the race after the mile, mm-hmm. and uh, and w- with insane, insanely fast fractions, and just got nipped uh, late. And uh, his first start for us at Keeneland was in a, a pretty nice salty allowance race. Uh, as well, they all are at Keeneland generally, but <laughs> uh, yeah, he got away with a nice, nice lead that day and some pretty sensible fractions and. Uh, we got uh, we got off on on a perfect foot with him right away, and then we had a couple of excuses for legitimate excuses for his next two poor races, kind of freshened him up, and he's come back this year, and and all four races now have been been really really solid races. They have uh, the blinkers off was uh, looks like that didn't hurt his chances, but man, what a turnaround for a seven year old horse to just show that consistent speed, and you had to be real happy going into the first turn in the mile, Grant. Yeah, as you know, the the first turn is the key generally in winning and losing the mile a lot of a lot of years. And uh it was uh once he got into that, that good position uh and turned down to the backside and, and in the clear and and uh you know, had the one target to his inside, I, I felt really, really good about how he looked and how how Joe was confidently riding him and uh um so yeah, I mean the the first turn was critical as always. He's not a horse blessed with you know, blistering gate speed. So uh, with a short run to the first turn, that was my biggest concern going into the race was, you know, him getting jostled at the start or maybe getting shuffled back or something happening. But once he, once he, once he made it through that, that clear and, and got to the, uh, uh, got to the backside in great position, I was feeling really good. 
Grant, you made mention uh, to me about uh, potentially what's next for Five Star General. You mentioned an allowance race at Churchill Downs with their big purses they got in Kentucky. And then possibly I heard something about a race in Canada. What What is going to be next for Five Star General? Well, I haven't discussed it totally yet with uh, with Mr. Kenny uh, Alhadith, the owner, but uh, there is an allowance race he's eligible for here at Churchill going a mile on the 16th on the 24th of September. Um, it's a $148,000 purse, uh, which is very nice. Uh, but it, you know, might be a little bit of a tricky race to fill there. There's two races here the following week that are both options as well. And we'll, we'll nominate and take a look at, they have the, uh, the $400,000 ACAC, which is a grade three at a flat mile and is a win in your in for the breeders cup, uh, dirt mile. Hmm. And then they also have the, uh, Lucas classic named of course, in, in honor of, uh, Wayne Lucas. And that's 500,000 grade two going a mile and an eighth. Um, obviously off the mile win, the ACAC probably makes a lot of sense. Although I have some trepidation about that because it's, uh, as, as most of you, as most of your listeners will know, and, and uh, it's a, a one turn mile here at Churchill. And I think, you know, my opinion is two turns is probably his best game. Uh, I think it, it allows him to kind of, use that first turn to get position and, and get into his rhythm. And he's, as I mentioned, he's not a horse that runs the first quarter necessarily really fast, but he definitely runs the second and third quarter really fast. And, uh, so I, you know, we'll have to take a look at the fields, but, uh, obviously those will, those will be considerations. He's, uh, he's shipping back here this weekend. He's, he's been staying in Blaine Wright's barn where he was for the, uh, mile they've been, jogging him through the week and and blaine sent me a video of him and he's feeling good and doing good so he's leaving leaving emerald downs tomorrow evening and we should be back here uh, sunday afternoon in kentucky and we'll we'll see where we're at when we get home and how he's feeling but those those are the three current options coming up for us here at churchill yeah and, that, and that's one other thing you just mentioned blaine Wright, isn't it i think it's kind of cool where blaine's trying to win the mile and he's staying in in, in your in your barn and uh, blaine's barn area Talk about how, yeah. how how that comes about. It, you know, obviously you have connections, uh, lots of places. But how does that uh, come about uh, at, with uh, Blaine Wright and staying in his barn? Um, you know, post mile and even before the mile. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Blaine was uh, was an assistant to, to me for a couple of years at Emerald before going back out on his own again, and. Uh, and uh, he had actually, when he had, I'm trying to remember the horse's name, the horse that he had that ran second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, um, no, uh, a, a, a no door. An, an yes, O'Dor, you. Yeah. Yes, an there O'Dor, yeah. So when a no, when they were on the Derby Trail that next spring, uh, when they shipped to Fairgrounds for one of the prep races, um, Blaine shipped into my barn and et cetera, et cetera. So it was just a... Uh, uh, a trade-off and, and we had talked about it ahead of time of course and uh, um, he also it was funny uh, Il Bellator who of course ran second in the mile he also had him stable in his barn and him and uh, Il Bellator and Five Star General were in stalls right next to each other yeah. so we had the exact in the neighboring stalls you so, sure did yeah it's just you, we're all we're all competitive in horse racing we're all competing against each other and uh but at the same time, we're all we're all just trying to do the same thing: get our horses to run faster in a circle than everybody else. And we're all uh, we're all looking out to help each other. And if those guys, you know, whenever they need a hand back here, I'm ha- more than happy to to help them, and and vice versa. Yeah, Grant, you mentioned that he runs the second and third quarter. That was certainly the case in the mile going around the far turn. Um, 
That was about as beautiful a look in a horse I've seen at Emerald Downs in a long time. Uh, you must have been pretty confident watching that thing, thinking someone's going to have to be really good to beat this horse. Yeah, as a trainer, you're just you're always think about <laughs> what could happen, or there's always something. But it, it didn't seem like anybody was really closing, and obviously, Il Bellator kept taking runs at us, and uh, I was looking for the closers to come. But yeah, he just looked. Joe just looked so confident on him, and uh, the horse looked like he was full of run, as you say. And uh, I, re- I really thought we had, obviously, a big shot turning for home. And uh, uh, I certainly kept rooting right through the wire, uh, <laughs> knowing what what can happen in horse racing. So, uh, but yeah, he he just he's a he's a horse that, like I said, can really run those second and third quarters, and and that's where you really put a lot of horses uh, back on their heels when they're when they're wanting to maybe be a little relaxed before they make that run. But yeah, Il, Il Bellator really took a, a good run at us, you know, several times and, and kept, you know, kept uh, closing the gap right even to the wire. I think five-star general probably eased up just a little on his own maybe, or, or maybe not. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was sure a good feeling turning for home the way it looked. Well, Grant has done uh, just a great job. He was super popular and successful at Emerald Downs. In fact, Vince, I remember those stats. I think he had the highest winning percentage of any trainer with a minimum of starts when he left. And, uh, you know, your dad uh, really paved the way for you. I know you give him credit. You got a chance to see your dad, Dave and Terry Forster, your mom up there in B.C. Uh, How's your dad doing? Dad's doing well. He's he's gone through a few little health issues and and wasn't quite able to come down to the the mile. My mom thought it was just going to be a little too much for him to to make the trip and and then it would have wiped him out. I I went up the next day after the mile and we spent three days at home. Uh, had a great visit at home. But yeah, he's doing much better. He's doing really well and uh, they're still uh, still got a few horses going at Hastings to to keep keep the interest going. But yeah, mom and dad are are doing well. We had a really nice visit, uh, at home and, uh, I don't, I don't know how many long acres miles he's going to be around for yet, but it was uh, a really special feeling to get, to get another one and, and, uh, for them to be able to celebrate. We went out for a big steak dinner the first night back at home and had our celebration together then. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sick you left town because, you know, I got a nice meal after the mile there at the barn and then breakfast <laughs> the next morning, all on Grant. Uh, but no, your dad uh, is just, uh, uh, I love talking with your father. He was all over North America when he was younger, um, working with and around uh, so many legends. And I know he uh, he taught you so many things just by uh, observing yourself. And, you know, you won the mile for Herman Sarkowski, no less than Herman Sarkowski in 2005 with no giveaway. And of course, uh, they all had a family going back to Joe Gottstein, the same silks that Gottstein used for two mile wins in the 60s. A uh, lot of Northwest history involved. And speaking of uh, Ken El Hadif, uh, I'm sure he was just overjoyed. I, you know, you can watch all that video live now. And I, I believe he did, didn't he, in Hawaii? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was there for his 75th birthday. And, uh, and actually, uh, yeah, I, uh, I know I uh, spoke to Kenny shortly after the winter circle ceremony and and yeah he was just over the moon and he actually even put his wife Marlene on the phone and she was in tears and mm. so yeah it was a pretty big celebration for the family of course his brother Mike was there to accept the trophy on his behalf and uh, yeah it was a real special moment I think for that the whole family and uh Kenny was out last night 
uh, with my partner Jim Holly and, and visited uh, uh, Five Star General. And uh, I better be sure and mention this. So, no, as as you know, as all you guys know, the tradition is when you win the stakes race, you buy coffee in in the Quarter Shoot Cafe the next weekend. Correct? Mm, yeah. Uh, so Kenny just. Uh, decided to take it a little step further because of the mile win. And so this Sunday in the quarter shoot cafe for all licensed personnel, uh, it's free breakfast or, uh, I think, I think what they're doing, what Sally decided to do is you can either get a free breakfast of, uh, eggs and your choice of breakfast meat and toast and hash browns, or you can get a burger and fries, uh, if you're leading a little later in the morning. So make sure and take advantage of that and put it on Kenny's. It's all beyond Kenny's tab. So very gracious of him to to sponsor that, and everybody gets a gets a free meal Sunday morning at the Quarter Shoot Cafe if you've got a license. I should say so. That that's taking it up a level for sure. Uh, that that's real generous of Ken L. Haddiff. So Grant, uh, just a, a great weekend here at Emerald Downs Mile Weekend and Mile Day and the Long Acres Mile itself. And hey, good luck to you as always and uh you know who knows what next year might bring but that horse as a seven-year-old five-star general's never been better i think everybody can agree with that uh and uh who knows maybe we'll see you next year oh we'd love to i know kenny would love to to come back and defend the title next year if uh if the general is up to it and uh yeah it was just uh but mild day is just one of those one of those wonderful days in racing. I've been fortunate to travel to lots of different tracks, whether it's uh, Haskell Day at Monmouth or Arlington Million Day at, at Arlington, or you know, just the 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 biggest race at whatever track you're at. It's oh, there's just a special uh, special buzz in the air, and and being back out there for mild day, I'm I've watched so many miles on TV over the last several years, and and could you know i knew how it was out there but to be back and to enjoy it again on just another perfect uh northwest summer afternoon and got to see so many wonderful uh old friends and mm. catch up with uh and even my friend paul had saved my uh lucky spot down in front of the huh. beer stand uh, uh at the south end of the grandstand so it was good to know that the lucky spot still works yeah that was uh really worked well in 05 that's for sure two days in a <laughs> row as i remember Okay, (laughs) Grant, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Good luck to you and your stable, and it's always fun to recap uh, a Long Acres Mile victory. Take care. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Thanks, Grant. Thanks so much. Thanks, Grant. Grant Forster joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, uh, two Long Acres Mile wins, and that was his first starter since no giveaway in 05. And, uh, hey, how about going on to a little horse of the meeting talk? You, you know, a lot of times after the mile last year, Slew's Tiz Wiz had a huge lead in that category and won the award after taking the governors and the mile. He's certainly a contender, guys. Uh, you know, he won the governors, third in the mile. Aloha Breeze has her three victories in four starts, two stakes wins, Clovis Connection a couple stakes, Blazing Bella Blue I I would say is still a contender, and I guess there might be a two-year-old out there who who could do something, but it's pretty wide open uh, this year, Bill. Yeah, I, I uh, it's still to be determined. You know, yeah, I, you mentioned the, the 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 three I wrote down were were Clovis Connection, Aloha Breeze, and Appeal Factor, okay. but uh, we'll see. You know any of them are going to be running here in the final few weeks uh, to add to the resume could be the clincher for me. Um, you know, Sluice Tiz Wiz, 
yeah, you know, if he if he wins the stakes, he could be thrown in the conversation. Yeah, he wins but a Cup, yeah, you should mention you got to run twice, right, at the meet to be eligible. That's why yeah. five star general. Right, he's not eligible. Otherwise, yeah. I just put him and just say good night. Yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. the best horse we've seen so far. Right, but Clovis connect. You know who's who's. You know, to me, Clovis connection is probably um, the one for me at this point. But if Lola Breeze were to find a way to win another stakes, you know, to me, it's about stakes wins. You know, it's nice winning allowances and all that, but uh, you know, for me, it's it's all about stakes victories and what what you've done during the meet. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's still in the balance here. Yeah, uh, could go a lot of, a lot of different ways, but yeah, if it ended the day, you know, I might lean Clovis Connection just with two really sharp wins. Um, you know, he didn't go for the hat trick because Blaine Wright brought in Prince Abu Dhabi and sent Clovis Connection. We've mentioned down to Santa Rosa where he won a, another stake. So. Good horse, but yeah, you could make cases for for several of them at this point. You know, even if Dirt Road Red had maybe uh, run a little bit better or if he had ran in the mile, but he's got five wins, you know, that'd be unprecedented for a claimer probably to win, but anything's possible in a year like this. Yeah, I'm I'm holding off, you know, until some of these stakes are run. We've got some action, four weekends left, and uh, yeah, it's going to be, well, it's a vote. We'll see what happens down the road with these races remaining. All right, we're going to take a short time out. We're going to come back with Rocco Bowen, three-time Emerald Downs leading rider, and he'll be in action with some live mounts this Sunday. We'll be right back on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. As they turn into the stretch, and it's Nisa is homeward bound. Nisa has the lead by three. Shelby shortstop is in second, then in third, that's Rocket a day. And then it's Coastal Girl with a 16th to go. It's Nisa. Nisa will give John Parker two ends on the card. Nisa under Rocco Bowen with the impressive maiden victory here at Emerald Down. She followed that up with a good effort in the WTBOA Lassies as well. And her jockey is coming back to ride this Sunday at Emerald Downs on the card and in the Washington Cup. And three-time Emerald Downs jockey champion, Rocco Bowen, very popular man here in the Northwest, (laughs) joins us. Very popular. Rocco, hey, good to have you on, man. Hey, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Good to glad you guys have me on. Well, you're back in uh, Ohio right now, riding at Thistledown yes. during the week. Yes. Um, and we'll get to your popularity out here. But uh, your schedule has been pretty crazy the last few years. Uh, toss a couple, unfortunately, a couple injuries in there. But, uh, boy, uh, how's this year? Tell us about the, the year so far for you. Um, so, uh, as you guys know, yes, yesterday was a huge day for for me. Yeah. Uh, this week was was a huge huge week in general, man. Um I won I don't want to get in the number, right? I won 9 this week. I won 4 yesterday. I won 2 on Thursday. Uh Thursday counts over to this week. I won 2 on Thursday last week. 
I won two on Monday, one on Tuesday, then right Wednesday. I had one horse in the scratch and I won four yesterday. Um, my agent name is Corey Hayes. You know, his dad's been an agent for 40 years, Steve Hayes. Um, um, I'm just blessed to have, to have good agents, you know, um, and wherever I go, cause like now how they have it, we switch to restrictions. You know, you, that's why people wonder why I have so many agents. No, they bring up a rule that when you switch to restrictions, if an agent have three riders in that jurisdiction, two bugs and a, two Germans in a bug, and they cross jurisdictions, you can't have another, um, um, and, um, four riders. So that's how come I have Corey Hayes, um, in Ohio, Belterra, and, and stuff. And then in Chicago, I got my agent I had for four years once. I left the Northwest Penny, Fitch Hayes, and then, Dougley is my agent up the Osborne is my agent up there in Seattle. Very good. Well, uh, they're all happy to have you. I'll say that. You're you're No, I'm happy to have them. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm grateful to have them. Okay. Well, Rocco, uh, you know, your your jockey history is well documented here in the Northwest. Uh, you know, just going back, Tom Wenzel giving you the mound on Makers Finale and you coming through in the Derby and uh, just working your way forward. Uh, three straight jockey titles. You came back to win that memorable mile in 2021 on background. Uh, there's so much more to your career as well. Uh, they, people all around the North America know you very well after your stints at uh, Oaklawn and Arlington and, and other tracks in the Midwest, Presque Isle. Um, so does that make it easier, just being well-known around the country? Yeah, well, let's say back here, out of sight, out of mind, you know. And mm-hmm. when when I leave town on on, on Thursday, like, today I'm not leaving today because I'm riding Saturday in Belterra on Ohio by State. There I'm riding for my boss, Tim Hamlin, going up there to ride two in the States. Um, Saturday is a big breeze day here. So, you know, for my agent to cover for me on Saturdays when I'm not here, to breeze is huge because, you know, trainers don't get pissed off. He covers me really well. He don't use his other riders to 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 breathe them because that's kind of unfair, you know. Um, we just get the Gallup boys of the, the of our barn to breathe them, so nobody get pissed off and nobody's getting unfair. Then it, it's not easy for him to to do that or make it happen or to keep the trainers happy. Mm-hmm. But he is, and 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 it's it's working. I guess try to to bring my riding boots when I show up at Emerald, Altera, or wherever I go. You know, so it's, uh, they're putting in the work, and I'm trying to put in the work too, because it's not easy on their part. None of three of my agents. A lot of we are making it look easy, and I think people are like starting to take it for granted. It's like, oh, these guys, it's easy, but it, it's not. They gotta do a shit ton of homework, and I have to do a, a shit ton of homework also. Well, we gotta stay sharp, and the more we keep winning like this, the more pressure is going because people are gonna expect us to keep on doing what we're doing, you know? Like today, I made a little hiccup for my boss, Tim Ham. I knew I should have put the stick on my left hand. He knew how strong and how good my left hand is. And the owners kind of came down on me, but not in a harsh way, just because they know how good my left hand is and they just want to make me a better rider. So I appreciate having people like that in my corner, keeping me accountable for my actions. Hey, Rocco, you know, you're doing all this traveling. Sometimes that can be a little rough, but I've been impressed. I see you, you come out to the paddock, like with our group, just full of energy and, and great greeting everybody and taking photos with them. And 
You got you seem to just have a lot of energy even with all the travel going on, huh? Uh, my daughter has a lot of energy. Um, every week I try to borrow some energy from her. Hmm. She has a lot of energy, so I guess it's guessing my genes or my genetics. And I'm having fun doing it. So I think having fun doing it is it's really keeping me upbeat, and positive, and 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 good. And so um, and everyone is wondering how I'm doing it. I'm just trying to stay positive. You know, um, you know, I get I don't really get sleep coming there. You know, I, I do my homework on the plane coming to the northwest, but coming back to Ohio home, I get sleep. Once I once I get my orange juice on my plane, I'm I'm, I'm off to sleep. <laughs> Rocco Bowen, yeah, you know your routine when you were really rolling here with three straight titles, uh, you'd uh, take a nap at night, and then uh, maybe about midnight you'd look at more film work and look at the form and. You had uh, a number of different stints of homework. Um, are you still able to keep up a, a routine like that? Pardon me, say that again, John. Well, you uh, you talked about when you were here. You know, maybe some people go to night, go to bed at night, and you got to get up at five or so to get to the track. Uh, you try and get mm -hmm. some straight sleep, but you you would wake up and look at look at videos and uh, look at the form a little oh, yeah. bit. Oh, I still do that. Okay. I still do that. I still wake up at 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. If something's on my mind about the horse, mm -hmm. or I feel like my homework is unfinished, I, it could be 2, 3 a.m. I still wake up, and I still do my homework. If, if I feel like I'm unfinished, I still do that. That haven't that haven't changed. That haven't changed about me. Or if I can remember a horse name that I rode years ago, it would bug me. And usually <laughs> I, I remember it 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. But I still stay heavily on my homework. Um, I I studied um the paragraphs now also um there's a new app comes out that a lot of agents use uh, I can't remember his name right now I think um TDN or something like that um paragraph manager okay uh, I use that um I started using that since I came back to the East Coast uh, my agent Penny Fitzsimmons she's who put me on it and sat me down and got me familiar with it I'm like I said I guess blessed to had good people to help me do that. Because when I was in Washington, Tom and Bob Capoletti sat me down and learned me to, to read the Brisnet. You know, I'm still in love with the Brisnet, but back here, um, the telegraph numbers, especially when you're riding the better horses, it's a lot more accurate. Like, for instance, I rode a horse the other day, came in over Kentucky. He was running he was running sixes and eights. That's great at stake numbers, horses. Me and my agent couldn't wait to ride that horse two weeks ago on a Thursday. And, you know, he never fired. We were scratching our heads, you know, and that's why it's horse racing. And we were like, this horse should get scalloped. He just came up with grade three and got beat nine lengths, and he never wants to pick the bridle up, guys. Hmm. Well, yeah, those things do happen from time to time. Yep. Uh, boy, you have ridden with so many other jockeys the last five years all over North oh. America. Um you know, we felt we had a real strong uh, jockey colony this year. As you know, when you came in for the first time, uh, guys like Carlos Montalvo, Luis Negron, Silvio Amador, Alexis Valdez were all new this year. And then Isaiah Enriquez was back. But uh, um, do you have any comments on, on our jockey colony this year? Well, I rode with Alex Valdez for the last two years. Okay. I started riding with him in Pennsylvania, and then we went to Tampa together in 2021. I know Alex Valdez is pretty good, and we spent a lot of time in a hot box together at both circuits. Uh, Luis Lebron, you know, he's he's a good rider, you know. Um, 
with Alex Cruz, good rider. You guys could see he's looking to break my record. I'm yeah. four for four. More power to him, you know, to stand up there alone. And I hope he does. I, I hope he does it. I hope he does it. I hope he does it and stand up there alone and go four for, um, four consecutive titles. It's not easy, man. It's not easy what he's doing. So I, I, I applaud him for that. And, you know, I want to say Kevin Radke, one of the most classiest guys I ride with up there. This guy has so much class that so many people back here, every week I go back and forth, they're like, say hi to Kevin Radke, hmm. say hi to Kevin Radke, Mike, Mike Rowan, I mean, the jockeys, the, the trainers, the valets. I mean, that, that's, I look at that and I tell myself, whenever the end of my career, or coming close to the end of my career, that's how I want people to remember me as classy like that. And I have the ultra most respect for me like they have for Kevin Radke down here. I mean, it, it gets amazing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I see some similarities in you and Kevin in that uh, Kevin is uh, one tough competitor, as you can attest to. But, you know, he's so friendly off the track. And as Vince just said, you come into the paddock and, uh, you know, are happy to meet new people, new owners. Uh, but you certainly you have to know how to turn it on the competition button when you get out there. And, uh, you know, you're riding, you're riding to win and you and Kevin have some similarities that way, Bill. Well, you got Rocco, you've got uh, two mounts in the the stakes races on Sunday, Nightline and Nisa, uh, Nightline for Howard Gibson, uh, Nightline took a a real hard left hand turn at the start. What happened? Do you remember in that race on August the 5th? And then talk about Nisa who lost to a really talented two-year-old filly in appeal factor in the Lassies. Well, I absolutely remember what happened. The first time he broke as a two-year-old, he did the same thing. He just think um, high and left that hard. The second time, you know, he really high and left that hard. And, you know, the stewards disqualified me. I, You know, just being honest, I didn't think it was the right call. Because that day, on that day, the same thing happened in the first race. And Alex Cruz came out. And the same as that thing. So I didn't see why they didn't take the first race down. They took the third race down, you know. But it, it happened, so I went back. I felt more bad for Howard that he lost the first. If you think I did something wrong, penalize me. But clearly, they didn't think I did something wrong because they hold me blameless. But I had a problem with that. They took the purse away from the Howard, but that's behind them. And I said, Howard, man, I don't think this horse needs a blinkers, man. Let's take them off. And me and Howard, we did so well together back in the years. I won his first race for him. He's an excellent trainer, very young, with a lot of potential and talent. Uh, I appreciate having the call back, and I'm going to try to correct that mistake um, and get the job done this week. Nisa, what can they say about her? I used to ride her mom among the stars. She's built guests like her. Big, broad chest, tough horse, gutsy horse. She showed you how gutsy she was. Coming back in eight days, she only got beat three lengths. I mean, I had fire on me the whole way down the backside. And with a three weeks rest now, I think we're going to be looking at a different horse. I think they got to bring their running shoes. Okay. Well, those are some uh, very uh, take-to-heart comments from Rocco Bowen being on those two horses, both with some speed. And I think uh, Nightline is one of the favorites. in Along with Chancellor's Boom, yeah. Mm -hmm. The way your horse, Joe, be sitting out freight lines, so uh, that leaves the door open for Rocco's horse. 
Rocco, yeah, uh, Rocco can uh, go right down the line on any by, horse you give him. By the way, I got to remember, Rocco, you, of course, you rode a horse for Joe Withy, Sippin' Fire. And you guys remember that mm-hmm. horse pretty well, I'm sure. Five stakes in a row. Five stakes in a row. Yeah, that was a fun year, yeah. Rocco. Uh, he, he sure he, was. He was a tough competitor. You got got in with him as a two-year-old, and, and he was Washington Horse of the Year at age three, so... We certainly have a lot of pictures of that uh, that good year. Rocco, it's always good to see you and talk with you. Um, the, the knowledge is there, and the competition and the fire out on the Oval is there, and uh, we'll see it again this Sunday. So have a safe trip. Congratulations on your last eight, nine days back there in Ohio, and uh, you'll be riding for the money out here. Oh, for sure. I always will be, sir. I always will be, guys. Thank you guys for... Uh, invite him to the, the podcast, guys. Thanks, Thanks Rocco. Rocco. Thanks, Rocco. Thank you, Rocco. Oh, you guys have a wonderful, thank you, guys. Have a wonderful, safe night, guys. You too. See you guys soon. Rocco Bowen joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. He'll be out Sunday, and he's got a good chance to uh, keep that good streak going with you know, those two states. You know what's fun with jockeys, Joe, is when you... Like Bill mentions the name of a horse, and they, they most of them have such great memories of exactly what happened in the race, who the horse is, who their mother was, and all that. And it's really, you know, and Rocco, he really does his homework. You hearken back to when the mount came up on Maker's Finale all those years ago, and they were looking for a rider. And and Tom Wenzel, that kind of really got Rocco rolling here. It when did. He won the oh, derby on that horse, sure. and the, he never looked back. That was a big starting point for Rocco Bowen's career. And he took full advantage. Okay, thanks to Rocco. Um, Sports shorts. Okay, I'm going to go Washington Cup here. Uh, There's two horses that have won three Washington Cup races. And they're brother and sister. Stryker PhD is three for three in the Washington Cup. He won the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic three times. His sister, younger sister by a year, Madam Pele, Three wins and a second in the Washington Cup. And their dam is Striking Scholar. Striking Scholar's first two foals, Striker PhD and Madame Pele, have a record of seven starts, six wins, and one second in the Washington Cup. And by the way, Striking Scholar isn't done. She's got a four-year-old that won twice at Turf Paradise this year, Sweet Savant. She's got a two-year-old who's training at Del Mar by Hardspun by the name of Free Again. And she's got a yearling and a weanling. So maybe more from Striking Scholar. But her Washington Cup production is pretty awesome. Vince? Um, okay, yeah, this is kind of a fun chapter. Uh, it's uh, uh, last Saturday night, or last Sunday, I'm sorry, race five. A five-year-old gilding named Night to Remember got his maiden-breaking win for uh, Faustino Coco Patino mm-hmm. and with Louis Negrana. But uh, bring that up because of the dam of that horse, Maggie Special. That was a fun chapter here at Emerald Downs. Maggie Special won 107000 here for owner, breeder, trainer, Alan Gideon. Well, Maggie Special was the only uh, daughter of a horse, or the only full of a horse named, or son by a horse named Spiker, whose only career win was in a maiden five here back in 2012. Well, the story, as Alan told it, Spiker got loose one night at the farm and uh had a little fling with jump uh, defense i think that's correct jumped the fence and had a little fling with uh, bella capina 
and the resultant was uh, Maggie Special. And Spiker it, was a two-year-old at the time when he bred that mare. Yeah, and, and he, he uh, Maggie Special ended up being a useful horse. She did. Won 107 grand oh, here. She... And uh, Night to Remember is the only racing foal out of Maggie Special, so it was kind of fun to see that horse get its uh, maiden broken as the uh, latest chapter in that saga. Yeah, that's a good one. Bill. My Seattle Mariners yes. just completed an eight and two road trip. They uh, lost a heartbreaker yesterday to the uh, White Sox in extra innings where they came back to take the lead in the ninth. Couldn't hold it in the ninth inning and lost an extra innings. Uh, another heartbreak loss. Where I was talking to Vince before the podcast. You take a look at like their last four losses. They've all been heartbreaks. They have two against uh, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they were both extra innings, and they lost a, a heartbreaker to the the Royals. They don't lose these games. They would have like a 20-game win streak. They've had two eight-game win streaks in the month of August, wow. which is which is really unbelievable. And they are in the midst. They The next three series are all against teams that are having very bad years. They play the Royals at home this weekend, and they're on, they got the Oakland Athletics. And then they go to the Mets, and then it gets a little more difficult. But uh, you know, they're they're. I remember we talked about the 19 games uh, in this stretch. They're eight and two so far. They can go seven and two, and that that would be an incredible 15 and four run in that stretch that we've been looking and, at for the for them for them to be doing well. Well, as whereas three weeks ago you were talking just maybe thinking about. Get squeaking into a wild card. Now the division is very much in play. Yeah. Um, when we recorded this on the Thursday, the Astros uh, lost uh, to the Boston Red Sox by a score of 17 to 1. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the division's in play, and it's really important. If you Whoever wins that division is going to it's going to be get a uh, you know buy from that first round they won't have to play early on they'll be able to set the rotation up and that's huge for the uh, Mariners but uh, it's not all uh, you know sunshine and and uh, and glory you know Emerson Hancock rookie's done for the, basically done for the season and he was going to kind of be their sixth starter um, so he's done and so this bullpen is going to be you know expanded rosters is really going to help but you take a look at this bullpen. The bullpen, you know, they trade away their closer, uh, Seawall to the uh, Diamondbacks, and Munoz didn't uh, blew another save. But you know, they've been the, the the backbone of this team: Munoz, Topa, Brash, Isaiah Campbell, uh, Saucedo, uh, Gabe Spire, and then this other guy that they got, Luke Weaver, is from a guy they got from the Reds. He had two shutout innings. He looked like he's normally a starter, but he's a he's a bullpen guy for the Mariners. He looked great. Service really uh, pointed out, uh, you know, was just like really impressed uh, with his uh, two innings of work. So uh, we'll see how it goes here. You know, Toronto's got an easy stretch of games coming up uh, through like September the 10th. So I, you know, it's going to be difficult. I'm looking more at the division than I are than I am at, at the wild card. But the, they're right now they're in the playoffs. But and then of course, you know, Jared Kellenick might is going to probably be back here in in the month of September as well. Um, so a lot of things to like about the Mariners, but they got to take care of business and it starts, uh, this weekend against the Royals. Okay. You guys have been talking about their starting pitching, uh, all year and, uh, just listen to some national it's talk. Elite. Uh, they were talking, uh, about the bullpen along with the Orioles. The Orioles and the Mariners have the best bullpens in the American League. And, it, and Seattle's uh, got darn near the best starting five too. So, I or, mean, you take a look next year. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. But the difference, Bill, in the last month, the bats have heated up. Oh finally. goodness. The, yes. The yes. pitching has been there all year and that the guys are, we saw a historic streak by, uh, Julio. Yeah, Julio, 17 hits in like four games or something like that. And then, Crazy. you know, um, Raleigh's you know, Raleigh. back to... And then the other guy we I didn't mention was uh, was uh, the backup catcher who's been hurt. Mur- Murphy. Tom Murphy. Tom yeah. Murphy, who was hitting the cover off the baseball. Yeah. And he got hurt. He had some sort of, uh, was either a finger or wrist issue. Uh, and he'll be back too. So that will add to the depth of the team. And there's... Bill is bullish. There's, there's not a whole lot of... Uh, I can see why. Yeah. Not a lo- whole lot of uh, dead weight uh, on this team. And, and they've kind of trimmed the fat, if you will. And yeah. uh, this is a legit baseball team. Now they, they just got to find a way to get in. And then they let... Uh, let let's you know, see it was cool could... the other day when they had a lead. And Luis Castillo did something. What I always say pitchers, he threw 47 straight fastballs. He's like, my fastball's good. My I've gosh. got a lead. I'm not messing around. And he, and he got to go in at the top of the zone. Yeah. And when he, he's throwing 97 at the top of the zone, and sometimes there's, you know, there's, you know, you got to swing. Yeah. It looks good. And, and it, he's, he's tough. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's not just a fastball pitcher, but he did throw all those fastballs in a row, uh, either a two-seam or four-seam or something like that. I forget uh, the technical uh, terms. but uh, Yeah, they don't issue a lot of walks, that team. No. something I look at very closely. Kirby, They, they have Castillo. a lot of game with one walk, 12 Ks and yep. stuff. So. Yep. So there's your uh, Seattle Mariners update. Cy doesn't mind a, a long segment when it's Mariner talk. So uh, there's that, too. Good luck to the Mariners as the season is uh, – Going great for them at this point and winding down to the playoffs. Okay, uh, sports shorts, some selections. Bill, what do you have going this weekend? Well, Friday, there's a couple races that uh, I like. had a good pick last week, didn't you? I forget. Pirate Red? Yeah. Did everything second. but win. Yeah, exactly. Lost a night to remember. Uh, but uh, six race, uh, eight claimer. It's a race that I'm kind of want to try and beat you split 10. So Vince made us the five to two favorite in a field of seven. There's a couple that interest me, uh, but the one I like the most is uh, the three, the calories kid lost to Olympic legend who ran lights out in a win on August the 11th. The calories kid had the rail kind of got, uh, you know, sucked back to the uh, tail of the field, had to circle up wide, was really running on nicely at the end. And I, I like I like that, uh, uh, second place finish. He's back in for eight. That was an $8,000 race. He ran in last time out. So, uh, in a race that I'm going to try and beat you split tens, it's a race that I will be involved with. Uh, if I was, uh, wagering the Calvary's kid at seven to two in race six. And then in the seventh race, um, there is another, uh, Justin Evans, uh, dropper, the two looking for eight as a nine-year-old who's had a lot of in the money finishes here at, uh, Emerald Downs and hasn't gotten a win this year. So I will go with a Blaine Wright trainee, the sixth state of the union, who just won a, a condition claiming race at 8,000. And Blaine's, you know, running out of condition. So he's got to drop down in claiming price. He won last time out, but the trouble line does not note this. He was bumped around at the break. He still overcame adversity to win. And I, I like him right back at the uh, same distance of today's, uh, of that race uh, on Friday night. So State of the Union had a little bit of a rest as well uh, at 3-1 to one in Vince's morning line in race 7. Very good. You know, I think I've, we've got all these PPs in front of us for the whole weekend. I think I picked more Saturday and Sunday races than Friday. Well, go for Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Um, Do what you, know, you want. I know I didn't sound too confident last week, but I did 
give out General Crook, who won that maiden yeah. race. Yes, he did. One. Yes. And I, I wasn't too confident, really, but he won. I did Horse ran big. Yeah. Was a contender all the way around. Okay. Uh, Naval Escort's got a ton of speed to run at on Sunday in that uh, race number eight. It's a six yeah. and a half furlongs. He's a tough old horse. He's won twice. It's a non-winners of two, but if you're Washington bred, it's a non-winners of three. So he's got that going for him as well. He's pe- he's faced a lot of good horses this year. Uh, Midnight Mojo, the, the four-year-old, and Naval Escort, the five-year-old, should get a really lively pace in that eighth race. I'm going to give Naval Escort just a slight nod. Silvio Amador stays up for David Martinez. And then on uh, on Saturday afternoon, uh, where is my sheet? Right or here. Saturday Twilight. Saturday, yeah, Saturday, right. This will be at uh, uh, 6 o'clock, the two-year-old race. Um, you know, Jennifer Nunnally debuted that we got to drinking in 2021, first-time starter one, and then... We got beer on ice last year. First time starter ran really well, ran second. And then I think he got, didn't he get claimed for 50? Yes, he did. Yeah. He's, so he's in this weekend too. She's got a first time starter in there by dad's cap, who was a really good racehorse out of a Malibu moon mare that raced twice. She did win a maiden special weight at Santa Anita. She's got two winners from three previous starters so uh, Malibu Dreams, six to one on your morning line, a first-time starter and a maiden special weight going five and a half on Saturday. She's got the two-hole, two-year-old fillies with Kevin Radke. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play her. Uh, of course, Spiteful Cat ran really well in her debut. Shelby Shortstop is kind of the, the consistency play in there. But I'll, I'll go Malibu Dreams, a firster from trainer Jennifer Nunnally on Saturday. Uh, in that two-year-old race. And then more two-year-olds on Sunday, of course. I thought the favorites looked pretty good in there, Bill. Uh, Nisa with Rocco and uh, Chancellor's Boom. I did think that Howard Belvoir's horse, Alante, um, he ran on a little bit in that debut after being one of those two-year-old first or detached early type runs. Well, Howard's got a couple in there. Yeah, he's got he another one in there that ran. Rimrock Lake. Rimrock Lake ran really well first out and, and might get a trip and might be one that wants to go six and a half here. Am so. I on the wrong Belvoir, fellas? No. Mine might be on the wrong Belvoir in there. Rimrock R- Lake, yeah. I do remember that was July 30th. And, and as, as far as Nisa goes, Rocco made a good point. I'd forgotten that that was a pretty quick turnaround last time yep. yeah, right. for her when she when she ran. Yep. And all things considered, that was a pretty good effort she put up against, you know, the best two-year-old filly on the grounds that we've seen. And then Rosie Simpkins has got a couple fillies yes. in there, Lutz C. Gypsy and Betty Lutz. And I, I know Lutz C. Gypsy didn't get a, a lofty buyer's speed figure, but... When two-year-olds win from off the pace and the way she yeah. won it, she was she had that race wrapped up in the last 16th. And uh, Lutz C. Gypsy yeah. impressed me visually. And, and you know, she's had, she'll have 16 days off between her, her maiden win and the race uh, uh, over this weekend in the, uh, the Walk Cup Juvenile Philly. She, she's one I, I'm going to definitely have probably, definitely have her in my top two. Okay. Um, so she might be one that might be interesting at a little bit of a price. I'm with you there. Yeah. She was very impressive as Rosie won with two first time starters that day. Okay. Uh, there's some selections, trivia, 
last question was name the most recent time a new jockey to Emerald Downs was the leading stakes jockey for that first season here. Okay, I didn't get any correct answers. Ricky Fraser is the answer. Uh, in 2004, his first year here, he won eight stakes. Ben Russell also did it in 2001, won six stakes. And Chris Loseth, kind of an asterisk, 1996 was our first ever year, so it was his first year here. He won six stakes coming down from Hastings. The uh, reason we asked that question is because Carlos Montalvo is tied for most stakes with just, what, four remaining or five maybe, yeah, four Washington Cup races and the Godstein. Correct. Carlo, That's Car right, yeah. Carlos has uh, three wins along with Kevin Radke and Jose mm -hmm. Zanino, and this is his first season here. So uh, the new question is, this is an easier one, which trainer has the most Washington Cup victories? Most Walk up wins for a Emerald Downs trainer. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com and hope to see you at the races. Thanks to Grant Forster and Rocco Bowen for joining Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and Bill Downs. Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>